this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Every person is here with an assignment on their life outside of all the roles that we take on as wife and mother and businesswoman or whatever it is. I love seeing women leaders rising up. Your purpose is really just an awakening to self. This act of waking up each day and realizing that you matter enough to do things outside of yourself. Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. I'm so excited to learn more about you. I can't lie, I've done my digging um, and I'm super impressed with just how like vulnerable and open and authentic you are in all areas of your life. And I think more women need to embrace that. They need to lean into that. Um, and they need to know what the power is within being vulnerable and being authentic, being so open um, and being your true self. So I'm excited to dive into all of that with you today. So please share with my audience who you are and what you're about. Yes, thank you. And I, I was so impressed by your digging. I'm like, oh, yay. Like, because sometimes you put out content and it just kind of feels like it goes into the black hole of like, you know, yesteryear. So um, it was cool for you to like re-bring up some of the stuff that I've had out there. Um, so thank you for having me. But um, yes, yeah, so I'm Crystal David. And I it's interesting because I'm really the work that I do is really focused on women not having an identity in their roles. And so when I when I'm introducing who I am, I'm like, well, who am I so that I don't contradict what I stand for? Because I usually start with, I'm a wife and I'm a mother and I do all the things, right? But it's like, mm -hmm. no, I am like this soul that was sent here to do this mission. And that's what I believe that every person is here with an assignment on their life outside of all the roles that we take on as wife and mother and, you know, businesswoman or whatever it is. But, but I am, I am a wife. I've been with my husband for, um, 16 years. It's crazy town. We're going on 10 years married um, this February. And what? yeah, it's exciting. It's it's cool. And um, we have five daughters, five daughters. And I'm a serial entrepreneur, which I have mixed feelings about that. But it's it's here's here's where I'm at as of today. I I have a clear vision of serving women and helping them live their best life. And so it's evolved through many businesses from event planning to all these things. And now the last few years, it's it's mentoring and it's just helping women dive in, finding out who is their authentic self, what are the blocks keeping them stuck, and then how do we create that game plan to really move into the life that we really truly are desiring deep down, but we're bogged down by what should we do be doing based on society's expectations and what should we be doing based on our family and friends' expectations and you know, what do we do based on our roles and all of that. So that's that's what I'm up to these days is just creating a safe space for women to thrive and not just survive. Thank you. You know, I wanted to cling on to what you said there about like, you're a soul that came here with a purpose and you're stepping into that and you're finding more about that every single day. I think it's an ever growing journey. Mm -hmm. You know, our soul goes on a life journey. So of course we're learning through that as well. And when you are mentoring and coaching women on bringing bringing in their identity to the forefront rather than it being in the back and like being this secret person that no one really knows mm -hmm. about, I really see it as, um, it's 
really enlightening to know that there is so many women out there um, that have got this purpose to find and you're going to be helping them with that and you do help them with it already sorry so in terms of your identity i know that you shared that was it three years ago now that you fell on the outside that you just had absolutely everything but on the inside you felt that you had nothing and I can imagine that's a pretty scary place to be in. So please share with me your experience around that. Yeah. So, so I had the husband, you know, we, we had been together. We, we still, one thing I can say is we've been through hell and back in some ways, but we've never lost like that happiness and that spark. So, you know, I did have that. I don't want to say that I had nothing, but I, it was like I was definitely perishing inside. I was definitely in a dark place. So I had the marriage. I had the kids. I had the businesses. Um, you know, we we my husband played in the league. So we have, you know, money in the bank and a, and a house and cars and all the things outside looking in. It's like I think people have this misconception that we're like once we have all the things like we're married with kids and we have the home and, you know, we've got money in the bank that we are just going to be fully content. And I think that, you know, there or at least that's the the impression that I've gotten from a lot of people because people will be like, oh, but you guys are blessed, but you guys have this. And it's like, no, no, no. Everyone has a devil on their back, no matter how much money, no matter how much relationship success, no matter how many kids, no kids, whatever your life looks like, there's always going to be the, the darker side of that. And so what I realized was it's and where I was at and what I've realized is no matter what we have, if we don't have that internal sense of self and that self-awareness and the responsibility that we're in charge of our happiness and our fate and our fulfillment, then we really don't have anything. And so what I realized, I know you, you mentioned like you wanted me to take you to that moment where I like, where it like shifted. So I guess I can just share the story from that place. Yes, please do. Yeah, so it was it was basically without keeping you guys here forever and giving all because I'm such a detail storyteller. I'll just kind of take you. To the- I love a detail. <laughs> okay, I love a detail okay. story. So I'll take you to that moment. It was, you know, I want to know the clothes you were wearing, the shoes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I looked so good. I face, told you, I, I had everything. it all. I looked amazing, but on the inside, <laughs> it was just a mess. So, so we were. It was it was in this time where. Um, like I said, I was, I was definitely perishing. And just so you know, like some background and you guys will have to come back to my space to look out for more. Cause I'm working on a book actually telling a lot of this story. And it's really just like excerpts from my diary or my journal, my mind. Cause it's just like, that's one thing I've, I'm known for in my circles. Like I say what I'm thinking. And so sometimes I think crazy things. Right. And so with, with like what like all like of us all by of the way us, right. we just we just, we just not vocalize them at times right. so the point of bringing that up is this book is about how I stopped going through my husband's phone and so the reason why that's important is because part of my perishing was coming from this place of constantly seeking validation in my husband and constantly looking for like, is he cheating on me? Is he being like the quote unquote rest of them? Is he doing the things that he says he is in? But I feel like everybody around me is doing. And I, we were in that spiral of like the cheating and the having side girls. And plus we had been together for quite some time. So we were kind of probably at that seven year itch that I'm learning as a thing. And so we know about the seven years. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't like, it's funny because people ask, 
asked me if we had it. I'm like, no. And um, so anyways, we were going through that and I was constantly going through his stuff and just in this bad place. And so this particular day, we were at the club. My brother now is playing in the NFL and we're all celebrating for his birthday. And one, this guy starts kind of moving up close to us. And my husband's looking like, who is this guy? And, um, he's like, Hey, I was turning up with you in Vegas. And I was just like, Oh my God. And my husband just grabs my, oh, yeah, yeah. No. So my husband grabs my hand and he, we exit left and we're arguing in the car and he takes my ring. He's like, this is why you're always accusing me of something. Cause you're doing it and you're out here lying. And da, da, da. So the back, story is that I literally went to Vegas for a conference, a leadership conference with a couple of friends. Lo and behold, my brother was there with some of his teammates. So we met up with them. We partied. We all went our separate ways. I never mentioned it to my husband because I figured it was a detail he wouldn't appreciate, but it wasn't hurting him. And so the fact that I never mentioned it, but this guy brings it up in the club, like we were turning up in Vegas, like the way I turn up, my husband's like, can only imagine. (laughs) So um, anyway, I couldn't even imagine. I could not imagine what Kenji would say or do uh, in that scenario. Oh my gosh. I could not imagine even being in that scenario. I think that's something that like every woman even fits. Yeah, it was so bad. Like, so to the point where, so he takes my ring off my finger and he's just like, we're done. Like I now, like, so again, this was a moment that had been a long time coming of him just so tired of me accusing him and going through his stuff and just being very toxic. Like I'm, like I said, I'm not even giving nearly any details of how it led to this point, but it was just like time after time. And um, so he takes my ring. I'm like crying for weeks to my sister-in-law, like, I think he's serious. And like, please tell him, don't leave me. But what I have to say about that moment was, it's like, you know, our by human nature, we get stuck in these bad habits. And it's either something super inspirational or super desperate that's going to shift you into like a change. And so mine was obviously very desperate that I was like, watching my life pass before my eyes. And what I realized, it's not that I was like, oh my God, if I lose my marriage, I'm not going to have myself. It was more of like, I've lost myself, so I don't have a marriage. And so that's what I like really think is like the perspective I would love for women to hear is it's, I'm not saying don't have a relationship, don't be a mother, don't be all these things. I'm saying you can't thrive in those things unless you know who you are and you know that you're just fine with or without those things. And that's what I think the difference is. So part of that is what I learned from that was I had to start doing some soul searching. And that's where I really started diving into my self-work and really realizing that my identity up to that point was defined by being this busy, busy, always have something to do, new business, new this, new venture. But it had nothing to do with my internal. Like I had no idea who I was on the inside. And so that was what changed. And that's where I started realizing, oh my God, this is also like my life work. Like what I love helping women discover is um, that we are so profound just as we are before we even start adding in those titles. And so that's kind of where my identity, you know, crisis turned to um, this, this movement of ladies, let's, let's really tap into who were you before you were such and such as lady or such and such as mom, or before you had that work title, because any of that thing, those things can be stripped away from us at any time. And, you know, my motto 
like has been if you lose yourself you lose everything and so it's it's like just really falling in love with who you are first and then being able to pour that into others it's so true and i so relate to you like i feel like as women we can get busy 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 as actually a distraction and actually as a way to push to push away what we really need to be looking mm. at. I remember when me and Kenji had got to that seven year point um, and I was not in a good place at all. And I took myself away to study abroad in Canada at the time. Mm. And I got there and I was just like riddled with, riddled with anxiety thinking like, how how am I going to get out of this place? And who even am I? Because from such a young age, like I was Kenji's girlfriend and I was always told that I wasn't good enough to be Kenji's girlfriend. So all of these things were going on in my head at the same time of loads of things going on in my relationship. Mm. What was just kind of, you know, sharing with me and telling me back, yeah, you're not actually good enough after all of this after all of these seven years from, you know, all of my childhood that I'd put into, put into a relationship. Mm. So the soul search for me really began then. Um, but mine was, mine was a good year. I then took myself to Bali and that is when I was like, I remember who I am. I'm the person with the energy. I'm the person with the confidence. I'm the person that really loves to support and help other people. I'm not the person that likes to keep myself private. I'm not the person that wants to dress up like that and go and speak about that at dinner. So I love so much the way you share that without or of, without the labels that we fall into, like who we are on the inside is of course what matters the most, but is what is most fulfilling mm. and what is gonna make us live our, our best life, which is of course what you do with, with women. How do you know like when it is really time for that soul search before getting to like a detrimental point as the one that you experience. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think like oftentimes when I first started this work about three years ago where I was helping other women with it, it was one of those, like my first program ever was called Discover Your Purpose. And what I learned pretty quickly was your purpose is not this thing that you're like looking out and you're like, let me try this job and let me try this, this, and let me do this. And it's not like this like thing where you're trying on shoes and seeing which one fits. It's like your purpose is your, it's, 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 really just an awakening to self. That's what I believe purpose is. It's like, it's like this, this act of waking up each day and realizing that you matter enough to do things outside of yourself. So to answer your question of when do you know, it's one of those things where this is part of why I love seeing women like you and like me and these all these like leaders rising up to rally. It's like we're rallying people to wake up before they get woken up, if you will. And so I, yes. yeah. And so I think that it's like, unfortunately, I don't think people know until they get shaken into it. But now with, and I'm sure all it's always been like someone has been rallying to wake people up. But it's like, this is why a lot of my content is like, I literally picture myself, I'm like shaking and scre like screaming at people like, listen to me, like, you don't know what you don't wake know. Yeah, up. like, but I'm trying to warn you. But that's the thing. It's like, you're like, 
your only purpose, and this is my belief, but I believe that our only purpose in this life, if you're listening to this right now, you have, first of all, you're already on the journey because you're seeking information, which is pretty cool. So like pat yourself on the back, know that you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing because it's one of those things that your soul is searching for something. It's looking for answers. So what I would, what I would add to that is now challenge yourself to say, to know that the answers are right inside of you. Like you are the purpose. It's, it's just a matter of waking up every day and striving to be a better version of yourself. And then knowing that you matter and that someone else is depending on you. So I love to share this analogy because it really, it like was mind blowing to me. But if you, if like, let's just take recycling into consideration. So if you look at the, and I'm by no means like an environmentalist, so I don't know any stats for you. I just know that we're not doing the best that we can when it comes to recycling. So I use that. <laughs> I use that example because how often, like I, I like people will say like, I'm not recycling because what is my one bottle going to do? Like everyone else is throwing their bottles all over. The the oceans are already contaminated or like using straws. Like I know, I know straws are not good, but I still use them because I'm like, oh, what's five more straws or what's my straw going to do? But the more that I realize that if every single one person had the mindset that their straw mattered or their recycling mattered, then we would all be doing our part. And so if you look at the the world as like one big puzzle, like no one likes a puzzle that has like two missing pieces. It's like the worst thing ever to have like this whole puzzle. You matter that much that your little puzzle piece matters to the big picture. And I don't think people realize that they matter. I think so many people go through life thinking they can be invisible. They can show up and then show out and like just go away. And it's like, no, like the world is perishing because every one person who's not waking up in their power, doing what they were sent here to do. And so there's somebody else hurting. There's something hurting because we're not showing up and doing our part. And so that analogy like blew my mind because I'm like, dang, it's so true. Like if every single person knew that their one recycling job mattered, then everybody would be recycling because everyone would be doing their part. And so I don't know that just really woke me up. I love that. And like, I've got OCD. So those two jigsaw puzzle pieces that are missing would kill would kill me (laughs) and I just wanted to add on the when when you spoke about you know people are like being woken up now which is something that I do believe that the world is coming into more and more and I'm so happy about I also believe that like there's that voice inside of you that you can hear but it's like just a whisper And everyone else's voices are up here, but you haven't tuned in to that voice to actually hear like, what is she saying? Mm -hmm. Like, what does she want you to do? And when you tune into that voice inside of you and you start to trust Mm -hmm. that voice and you start to lean into your intuition more, you start to realize that is what makes you fulfilled. And therefore everyone else's words and orders around you no longer really matter and I think once you get to that place of just like knowing like no that's who I rely on like I rely on that that voice and that intuition inside of me this prejudgment and this judgment that we put on ourselves too really does just get taken away and we can start to live 
so much more authentically. Yeah. So I know that a huge part of you and your business and actually at the core of you, like you are all about authenticity. Why is that so important to you? Yeah, I was a perfect question because I was going to say like, I got to go deeper on the, like you said, trust and authenticity. So I'm going to like tie these together because this I believe is like the core of anyone listening to this who's searching for that like next level of themselves. And so uh, it's interesting because I actually learned the difference between vulnerability and authenticity. I got to be trained in a leadership training a few years ago by Brene Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with her work, but she's like, of course. okay, so she's the queen of vulnerability. Who are you talking to? Yeah. Who are you talking well, to? I, of course. Yes. So for anybody listening, if you haven't heard of Brene Brown, go look her up. She's like the queen of vulnerability. And what Amazing I learned work. was like, I always thought I was an authentic person because I'm super vulnerable and there's a difference. So here's the difference. Like, oh, yes. can't wait yes. for this. So I was like, when I was listening to Brene Brown, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm vulnerable. Like you guys, especially if you spend time with me in private, I'm the most open book. People can't even believe the stuff that comes out of my mouth. But like, authenticity is being honest with yourself and with the people around you. I was far from authentic. And it's also why it's such a core part of my brand because I had to do the work to be authentic. And so here's the difference that I want you to hear is like authenticity is truth. It's, it's literally, and, and the reason why it's the core of my brand, because the women that I work with, I start with, like you were saying, um, is what do you really want? Like, what is that voice inside of you saying? And so we, we we really start to learn how to tune out all the external and learn how to listen to the internal because most people don't even know that it exists. And it starts with what do you want? Like, what do you really want? And we do some exercises to really go deeper. And it's like, it doesn't work unless you're authentic. And so the authenticity is being honest about what do you want. And so for example, like some examples of that is like, there's some women who just do not want to have kids, but there's some women who are saying they don't want kids because they think they'll never find the right person or because they're not sure if they can have them. And so there's an example of not being authentic. You're not really saying what you want. There's people who are not honest. They're saying things like, Oh, I have a roof over my head. I'm fine. I'm well taken care of. Like, you know, I'm I don't need a better life. Like money doesn't matter. It's not that important to me. But it's like be honest. If you want more, that's usually like so I I call like materialistic things carrots for the soul and what that what I, like not even the soul. Like it's more like for the flesh. So, no matter how soulful or spiritual you could be, we still have a flesh. So I believe it's the fleshly desires that drive us to become the person we're to become because in order to make more money, have more success, earn titles, you've got to become a better version of yourself. And so it's like chase after that better house, chase after the bigger cars or whatever, because those are the things like it's that journey on the inside of that, that path that's going to be you stepping into who you are. And so that's why authenticity is so important because I don't believe people are being honest about who they really are. And so the second part of that, when you said trust, the big reason why I think people are not being authentic is because they don't trust themselves. And so it's very scary to be honest about our big furry dreams and goals because we're like, no way I can accomplish that. So instead of being honest about having like... 
I want everyone listening to think of there's something inside of you that you know, whether it's write a book, start a business, travel around the world, meet a perfect person, whatever that thing is, we all have a little big furry, like scary goal inside of us that we don't even want to say out loud because we're scared that then we have to actually create it. And so it's like, what's yours? Oh my gosh. What's as, your soon scary as, I, goal? as soon as I was saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is mine? Because I have so many, but I mean, like I um Crystal, we are about to call you we, out. I'm I want to know out. what your big fairy goal yes, is. Okay. I will share with you mine if you <laughs> share with me yours. Oh my gosh, this is um you know why my perfectionist is like freaking out right now because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to say the right thing. So here's the thing. Oh, that only just started for you now. That started for me like 10 minutes before the interview. Oh my God, yeah. So, <laughs> so so um the reason why I'm like freaking out is because I don't, I'm like, I have so many big goals. I want to, I, okay. So here's one. I literally want to be speaking on a stage next to Gary V, Brene Brown, like Oprah. Like I want to be on the stage right next to them. I envision like, I envision that I'm making so much money that I am just making so much impact. And I know that these don't sound like big furry goals because they're very vague. But the reason why they're scary for me is because I still have that story like, no, you're playing big enough. Like you're impacting lives. You've got money in bank. You're okay. Like that's never really going to happen. And so there's still a part of me that like think like laughs at myself for thinking that I could be that. And then there's a huge part of me that's like, no, I could be up there with them. I could be, then I have to check my ego and my intentions. Like, why do I want to be up there? But it's because I know that when I'm the level of Gary Vee and Oprah and Brene Brown, it's because I'm impacting so many more lives. And so right now I'm like, absolutely, Crystal, you're playing freaking small. Like you're not impacting the, the number of people that you could be. So that's one of mine is like, I really, I envision myself being up there with Tony Robbins and Gary Vee. Like I'm, we're sharing a stage and that scares the shit out of me. Like literally my arm, my armpits are sweating. <laughs> you heard it. I love that and I think that no matter where you are like everyone always has that sense of like is that too big I remember sharing with my coach and mentor and my mastermind partners what my big fairy scary goal was and I remember standing up asking a question and I said because there's a bigger goal that I want to achieve but I mean I never know I know that I'm never going to achieve it so I'm just going to ask this question. I said it out loud and clearly the reason why I was forced to say it out loud because, you know, it was making me, yeah. it was making me ask the question yeah. on it. So my big, scary, don't want to say this on here now goal, but made you say it. So I know I, I have yeah. to say it. My big, scary, fairy goal is to have a platform and a talk show equivalent to Ellen DeGeneres meets Oprah um, and to have women on there sharing their story, making an impact in multiple women's lives through entertainment. So I really want to educate my audience, but through entertainment. So that's my big scary goal. And you're still I'm doing it right it now. That's it. I love it. And this is yeah. like the stepping point to that. You're like, I can totally see that. That's going to be amazing. Thank you. And it was incredible. Um, and I mean, I'm spiritual. I know you are. And for those listeners, like, you better just believe me on this one. So um, I then had a card pulled for me and it spoke about speaking through TV. 
And I was, it was like two days after I'd read that question. And all that was for me, that was just a confirmation for the universe and God is hearing me. It wasn't like this is going to happen right now because I kind of see where things fall in and play. I don't, I know my what, I don't know my how. Mm -hmm. Um, I leave that up to God, but I do see how it would unfold. And I love being nudged into my right direction, um, no matter how scary it really is. So that is my big scary. So do you, are you picturing, like, is your show like a one man show or is it like the view? Like, is it like multiple hosts? Like, or do you have that clear of a vision? I have a clear vision. So like, do you know the TV program, The The Real? Yes. Okay. So I want sections of like The Real in The Ellen DeGeneres Show. I'm just like, oh, so cool. So cool. That's, that's like, honestly, like my ultimate goal. And of course, the same thing is happening in my head right now. Yeah, right. You're going to do that. People are laughing, listening to you, but like, I'm laughing at myself because like, I also laughing at everyone else that told me I couldn't be where I, I am today. Um, in two years starting my businesses. And then I look back and I see like, you guys are non non-existent you you're invisible um so yeah I'm fine with having people laugh at me but moving on to that especially being a partner of an athlete there is a lot of prejudgment and there's also judgments which I feel that athletes wives and girlfriends really start living up to what do you see they are yeah so it's interesting because we're 10 years retired from from being in that, like where that was like our, our title. And so now it's, it's interesting. We meet people that don't even realize my husband played football. So that's like pretty, it's a pretty cool place to be on the other end. So, um, life does exist without the prejudgments at some point, like maybe I'm sure there's some people, obviously you can't escape being like a Peyton Manning or, you know, like where you'll never like not be, but, um, once in the athlete world, always in the athlete yeah, world. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because now that you're asking me that and I'm really like sinking into my thoughts about it, it's like a lot of the prejudgments were all self-imposed. And I want to say this because I want to like, we are going to knock this thing down. I was actually just talking to my sister-in-law and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but I'm going to just share it. So because it can help people. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness later. if She's like, why did you say that? But we were <laughs> thank you. We so appreciate we so appreciate your intimate moments with your sister. Yeah, right. I'm only saying it because I, like it's not that bad. But so I went to my brother's game and we were like I was just like, "Oh, I wonder if I'll meet anybody." And because I'm really like wanting to serve women in this realm, I'm like if I meet some ladies, I'd love to connect, but then I was having my own self-talk of like that's weird if I just like do I go be really assertive and introduce myself to them like, "Hi, this is what I do." So I'm like, "And eh, that's weird, whatever." So we were having this conversation and she was like, "Yeah, you know, like I don't know what happened to my confidence. Like I never was this girl that was like not quick to just connect with people and talk to them. But now all of a sudden I'm looking at these women like, oh my God, like they all have their clicks and I'm, I'm not in them. And so that's what I meant. But like, I hope she doesn't mind me saying that, but like 
what I told her after she said that, I said, you know what? Those women are probably thinking the same exact thing that you're thinking because I remember thinking like she was thinking back then. And I'm like, well, if she's thinking that and if I used to think that and I would be thinking that now, you know, it's like all these things she thinks she thinks. So what I'm trying to say is I really believe that a lot of the prejudgments we just place in ourselves, we automatically assume that the other girl on the other end of the room is looking at us some type of way or thinking some type of thing. So those are internal judgments that we're probably all just, let's just talk to each other and let's just support each other. Now, external judgments, we all know that they have all the money in the world. They should be supporting me. They should be taking care of all of my needs and, you know, all of those things. And then I think there's those judgments of people thinking that we're stuck up or that we're like, I I so many times would get like, oh my gosh, you're not what I thought you would have been like. I'm like, what did you think I was going to be like? You know? So I think people have their judgments, but really athlete world or not, but especially because that's the realm we're talking in. It's like, what is that saying? My mom used to always tell me like, what other people think of you is none of your business. And so if you can just go through life with that, I don't even have much charge on this question because this is actually one of my superpowers. I've always been able to move through life without giving a crap what other people are thinking about me. Doesn't mean I don't get nervous. Doesn't mean I don't think of what are they going to say? But I also have been able to move pretty much through of like, whatever they're going to think what they're going to think. So um, yeah, there's so many judgments that exist, but I think like the remedy to it is just like you just said, oh, well, where are you guys? Like we can just remember, okay, I'll just say this. Cause this was one of the most freeing things for me. You're not for everybody. And when I realized that, because I'm one of those people who is like, I want to take everyone with me and I want everyone to like me and I want everyone to be involved. When I realized that that's impossible and that I'm only here for like a certain select amount of people, it really gave me this freedom to just be myself. I made more friends, more deeper connections and better business relationships because I stopped trying to be for everybody, which actually meant that I was for nobody. And I started just being myself. And that's when I attracted my tribe. Instead of like trying to be a certain way to attract the tribe, I was just all the way me. And the people who were like, she cusses too much or she talks about God too much or she leaves her kids at home too much. I could never leave my kids that much. Whatever their judgments were of me, they just were like, oh, I'm not her person and she's not mine. And so Mm -hmm. that was very, very freeing when I stopped trying to like be a chameleon and like be everything for everybody. Yeah. I think there's a quote that I love and it says the version that someone else made up of you in their head is none of your responsibility. And that really freed me because I think that so many women, you know, put these prejudgments on themselves and then they project that onto their perspective Mm -hmm. into what they are seeing in other people. And that's why I really step back in situations. Um, and you know, I respond rather than react. I take a deep breath and I realize, you know, what anyone is ever sharing is really just, you know, a projection of what they're going through. And the more of an understanding we can have of each other and as women, um, I think is going to be really freeing in the world as a whole, you know, women and men are very different. Mm. The way they process emotions, the way they show up, the way the way they hide. Um, and as, you know, as a society and on a subconscious level, you know, women are still made to be silenced and, and don't be rude and don't speak out and don't say, don't say this. Like if you know your authentic self and you trust in that, like you say whatever you want, girl, because I know for a fact 
it is going to help the people that you're here to actually help. Um, and just like you, just like you said, you're not going to be for everyone, but the people that you are for, that is exactly who it is going to help. So Crystal, thank you so much for sharing this with me. It was absolute gold. Um, where can my audience find out more about you? Where are you hanging out? Yeah. So thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing this work because like I know how much the behind the scenes stuff we get like in our head about things and like it's those of us who are just pushing through whatever the things are so that we can be of service to other people. So thank you for showing up for all of us. And I'm hanging out mostly on Instagram. Um, and my Instagram is Crystal C. David. It's K-R-I-S-T-E-L. And um, I, I really strive to move you guys off the line, like off of my Instagram into my world. So I have a, like a, a weekly newsletter that I email out. So um, I love my email list because I really just talk to you guys like girlfriends and I feel like um, you can hear me there versus like social media. It's like hoping you see the post. Um, so you, from my Instagram, you can go, I have an identity guide that you can access. Um, if you want to just navigate, like going deeper, like we talked about here today on like, who are you? What do you want? How to find that little voice inside? Um, it's a free little download that you can get. And I say free little because it's free, but it's so profound. So go and check that out. So you can get all of that and that'll take you into my, like my space so that we can stay connected. And, um, yeah, it's pretty much just Instagram that I would like hang out on a social. I have Facebook and all of that, but again, like from my Instagram, you can kind of funnel into all the places. Of course. And guys, like anyone that's a mom out there, like I'm obviously not a mama and I watched a video of Crystal. I just shared it with her before moving on to this. And Crystal is sat in her big ass car with five of her kids climbing over her like a climbing frame and girl is still getting her message out. So if you mamas need some inspiration, please do make sure you go head over to Crystal because she has got all of that good stuff for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more, and I would be so grateful if you could leave me a review. I want to know what you enjoyed, what your biggest takeaways were, and of course, if there's anything specific that you want me to speak about on the show, then go ahead and request it below. To say thank you for leaving me a review, I will send you a copy of my Goal Digger Planner. It covers everything from setting your 90-day goals and breaking it down into monthly, weekly, and daily action steps. If you want a copy, go ahead, screenshot your review and direct message me the picture on Instagram at Isabella Levy and I will get it right over to you.